Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. And go. The creamiest Otis, the creamiest Otis, the creamiest Otis that has ever been Otis the Kangaroo. Should I know that? That's a song I sing to my dog. Oh, <laughs> you don't have a dog. Well, my dad. No. <laughs> he's, got, he's got the dog. Oh, his name Otis? His name's Otis. <laughs> You're listening to the Catholic stuff. Uh, it sounds a little different because we have a new intro, and now we've actually, <laughs> and now we've actually explained why. That was the last podcast. Yeah, yeah. But now we have the new intro with your singing to your dog. Well, at the no, no, same no. Time. We've got Perry West, <laughs> oh, okay. but I mean, like, we gotta we gotta shake it up. We can yeah. we can do whatever we want. We can do improv. We can just as long as we don't do certain things, we're good. So the creamiest Otis is that you wrote that song, right? Well, have my you dad copyrighted it. My dad, when he uh, gets home, he usually says to Otis. You know, all of these things. And, you know, he calls him the conqueror, the unblemished. And I called Otis the creamy. And uh, I call him the creamiest Otis that has ever been. Anyways, uh, so yeah, I should go out and copyright that song ASAP. Then if other podcasts start using it, then we can sue them. Exactly. (laughs) Don't even think about it, Tony Shukai from uh, 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 Gregory the Great Seminary in Seward, Nebraska. He might be. He might starting be starting a podcast. He might be starting a podcast. Oh. You never know. If he does, we'll give him a shout out. Yeah, or and then no. I'll send him a cease and desist okay. letter <laughs> for using the song "Creamiest Otis." Creamiest Otis. <laughs> Anywho, well, I'm glad that we're finally above board. You know, yeah. um, uh, it was a good run. Uh, it was a good run. We uh, we incorporated a lot of the musical tradition. Yeah, um, and um, it is good to be on the side of. Uh, doing it right. Yeah. Feels good to be legal. When I was a kid, I remember we got into so much trouble that one time my, my neighbor, I was like seven years old and my buddy who lived down the street was five and he somehow acquired a free French fries at Burger King coupon. And we walked into the same Burger King that we used to just sneak into all the time to go into the ball pit and the slide without buying anything. Like yep. we just after school. And of course they get mad at us and kick us out. So we'd have to sneak in and we, we'd have to like hide from certain employees because they knew us. And we just got a lot of trouble at this Burger King. So one time we all three walk in there, me, my brother and this kid, Mike, and we walk in there and we, we walk in and they all start glaring at us. Like, what are you kids going to do now? And we walk up and we hand them a free French fries coupon, free small fries coupon. They give us a free frost small fries, and we sit down and eat legal French fries, like right. legally acquired. <laughs> we were just so like, you can't get mad at us, you can't cook us out. We, right. we are now eating these fries, a small fries for three of us was like three French fries each. But we were just so happy to be eating these legal fries, and we went out into the ball pit because we had actually eaten something there. That's right, and we could we could do this legally, and it was it was just a good feeling. I'd be on the up and up like that. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I feel, you know, it's all right. You know, it, it feels like being right. legal. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, it's cool. I yeah. love Perry's song. Uh, I was listening to the podcast just today, and I was like, that actually, that actually flows pretty well. Yeah. I hope that they did a plug for Perry West's music. I think they did, but I, I actually didn't listen to the whole thing last time. I, I was, I was listening to the, their podcast while I was driving. But anyway, I look up Perry West. P-E-R-R-Y-W-E-S-T. He has shows in Denver quite often. If you're in Denver, maybe he'll get big somewhere else. You can find him on Spotify, Perry West. Look him up. Good stuff. Is this stuff on iTunes? Yeah. Uh, I think so. It's on Spotify. I know that. That's where I listen to it. Nice. I have a, I have a CD copy of it. And me too. Anywho, folks, uh, not much to report. Uh, not much going on because today, ladies and gentlemen, is Valent- St. Valentine's Day. <laughs> Uh, Pache, Father Sam Moorhead, he taught all of his kids at All Souls uh, Catholic School in Ingle Hood, Colorado, uh, that it should be St. Valentine's Day, not just Valentine's Day. So it is St. Valentine's Day, and you got the Celibate Express going on <laughs> in the nighttime. So we're recording a podcast so we don't get too depressed. I'm not depressed. I'm not either. I just start celebrating St. Patrick's Day now. 
It's like celibates just just skip St. Valentine's Day. We go right to St. Patrick's Day. I would rather celebrate the Slavs than anticipate the Irish saints. So anyways. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I I appreciate being of a Slav church that you you guys celebrate Cyril Methodius today. So we went in. uh, We went to Thai Pot Cafe today uh, for dinner. And um, uh, I I got there first. And the lady's like, how many? And I'm like, or no, I it said, please seat yourself. So I sat myself and I sat down at a table all by myself. And the lady came up and like gave me a menu. And she's like, she's like, is it is it just you? I was like, yes. And I was like, no, there's actually three more. I'm not alone today. Thank you. See, my buddy, as I told you, he's opening up a pizza place right across from Thai Pot. And so I got the tour of it today. Like, it's still just all broken apart. Don't like, say the name of it. He might sue us. I, I don't I don't even know the name of it yet. Actually, I don't even know it has a name for it. I'm sure he does. But I walked past and I saw him, like, in there just sweeping. And he, he, it's not built yet. Hey, maybe they're going to call it Loon Pizza. Anyway, um, the... Uh, so I walked in there and he's like, oh, there's going to he looks at me, a priest. He knows I'm a priest. And he goes in this whole section, like the one thing he, he gives me the tour of like, hey, this section is going to be like a little bar. And I'm like, so I can sit here alone and eat pizza. He's like, yeah, because exactly. like, that's what I do. That's right. Yep. Oh, uh, happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Valentine's Day. <laughs> Excuse me. So, yeah, we're uh, no plans. I said, you know what? I don't have anything. I I was ready to. I was like, I've got a free night on February 14th. I was like, I should schedule a marriage prep. I should schedule, you know, another meeting. You know, I all these people ask for, you know, dates. And then I'm like, nobody wants to hang out with you on St. Valentine's Day. Except Olo. This This is, is, yeah, exactly. This is Catholic stuff you should know, though. We should explain Father Sam Moorhead's explanation of why we celebrate love on St. Valentine's Day. Love. Do you remember it? What he said? Um, St. Valentine used to do clandestine oh, yeah. marriages because at that time in the what third century, all marriages, the only valid marriages were through the Roman state. So he would do secret clandestine marriages, um, church marriages, of course. So it was illegal at the time. And so he became known, therefore, as kind of the patron saint of love because of marriages he did. And then the red is not only for the heart because of love, but also because of the red vestments, because he was a martyr, yep. beheaded, etc. So, Catholics, have you should know, St. Valentine's Bam. Day, love. Shout outs. Clandestine marriages, red vestments. quit right there. We've got one whole podcast. <laughs> well, now we're, we're at seven minutes. We're at, right now, at the length that they used to be. So, <sighs> St. Valentine's Day podcast. All right. Well, I'm kind of nervous to to get into this topic because a, a lady, a lady at the chancery, Mary said, when I explained to her what topic I was doing, she's like, uh, so do you like holding sticks of dynamite? <laughs> I'm like, all right. We haven't done a, a controversial one in a while, though. So, Welcome to Catholic stuff. Valentine edition. St. Valentine. Break it down. All right, here we go. You get you get you start singing when you get nervous, don't you? Kind of, <laughs> but now I can't sing anybody else's song, so I gotta That's make up true. my own. <laughs> That's true. I'm gonna make up a song that just says John Nepple's lame. <laughs> Anyways, um, okay, so this podcast began in part um, gestating, if you will. Ugh. Um, uh, on Sunday after the 11:30 mass. Um, I went outside, as I always do, to greet people after Mass, and a family came up to me and said, do you remember our daughter? And I'm like, not really. And they're like, she met you like earlier this year. She's the one in California. I was like, oh, yes, I do remember her. Um, they're like, she got chewed out at Mass um, because uh, she, a lady felt like she was wearing... Um, Clothes inappropriate for mass. So uh, the lady came up to her and said, you shouldn't wear that. You lead men into sin. And she's like, I look nice. I'm not trying to lead men into sin. I'm just dressing up for mass. And the lady's like, you need to change, you know, your clothes because, you know, like you're uh, whatever. And then they got into this argument back and forth until finally the lady said, I hope when you come back next week, you're in a different outfit. And she said, I hope when you come back next week, you have a better attitude. And I was like, snap, snap. 
<laughs> so anyways, uh, the lady showed me all of the texts from her daughter about what went on. So anyways, I talked to her after mass. She, we called her, you know, okay. to give her a little little encouragement and just kind of asked her some questions and, and, and whatnot. And it got me thinking about uh, the issue of uh, proper dress for mass mm-hmm. and not just mass like church environments. Okay. Right. So the hermeneutic that I'm operating out of, and Father Michael knows this because he asked me what I was going to do the podcast on. I was like, classy or trashy? Classy or trashy? So really the question that I have is, uh, do you look classy or could you be misconstrued as trashy? Now I'm going to break that down for a bit. Um, But uh, first off, um, when it comes to modesty, we're not just prudes, we're not just pilgrims, we're not just, you know, people that, you know, don't want anybody to see anything. Modesty is a gift, or excuse me, a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Right. In Galatians, St. Paul describes uh, the ways in which you know the Spirit is present by its fruits, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, modesty, self-control, chastity, etc. Okay? So, uh, modesty is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So, this is where it's not just uh, we have this arbitrary rubric that we're just going to level upon whoever walks through the door. It's actually a sign of the Spirit. Right. Yeah. Are you nervous about this topic? I'm nervous because I have so many thoughts, and I I don't want to, like, I don't want to miss something so anyway so I, i'm, I'm gonna let you me lead to talk it. too long no no so no no no, no, no. exact opposite i want you to talk a lot <laughs> no, it's good so i can throw in little tiny things and then if we need to yes. do a whole second topic on this right i can do it but I for now know. i just want i just want to throw in i want to be the color commentary for your all right well i don't have ideas. much honestly okay. so okay. add whatever okay um so okay here's here's the first thing let's start with the guys okay right if a guy dresses up for really any occasion, does he ever look trashy? I I would I maybe I'm just trying to soften the criticism that we're going to get, but I I would say I would say he could, yes. He could. Yes. Exactly. A guy who quote unquote dresses up could look trashy. Right. But if you look at magazines, if you look at um I don't know, the Oscars or the Grammys or whatever, most of the men in the, you know, in the, you know, style world, if they get dressed up, they're wearing what? A suit. A suit, tux, tux, kimono. One could say that they get all dressed up in their suit and tie. Right. Suit and tie. Yes. I'm just saying a suit and tie. <laughs> Anyways, um, so uh, it, uh, my my thoughts immediately go back to uh, Father John Neppel. Uh, his mom, Mary, had a Downton Abbey party, mm. and uh, they all got dressed up. Nice. They were all in tuxedos, and they all had their hair slicked back, and you know everyone looked super nice. Right. Okay? So guys, for the most part, if they're in formal wear aren't necessarily looking uh, that bad, okay, or that immodest, if you will. Um, I think most guys don't get dressed up. They don't. Right. Either they're in the corporate world or they're uh, going to, like, prom or something like that. Guys these days, they look ridiculous. Right. Like, I mean, I was... saying in general or in church? Well, in general, too. Like tonight, we were out at this, you know, Asian cafe, and guys are out there for Valentine's Day, for Valentine's Day, guys, and the guy's in like a cut-off shirt, another guy's in like a crappy-looking polo, you know, I'm like, have a little self-respect, put on a tie, you know, a suit and tie, if you will. Um, (laughs) So, okay, but when guys go to Mass... I mean, I had a guy in jeans and uh, like uh, a polo, you know, last week who was a Eucharistic minister. And yeah. I was like, okay, that's just barely above 
what I expect from everyone else. Right. Um, so if you're going to be a minister at Mass, you should probably get dressed up. Yeah. You know? Praise be to God, Dave Goble would wear a shirt and tie or a suit jacket and, you know, like, and shirt and tie to Mass. Right. You know? so, so, so who is that for? Like when, when a guy dresses up, like why are they doing that? They're doing it in part to honor themselves. Right. I mean, it's nice to get dressed up. They're doing it to honor the person that they are either attending something with right. or uh, the person who is hosting or to pay uh, respect to everyone else who's there who is coming to pay respect. Is In this case, not necessarily to like a king or a president or whatever, right. but rather like the king of kings and lords of lords. Yeah. See, I, I'm a huge fan of just doing something differently for church than you do in your normal life. And this yeah. isn't only dress. So, like, I, I, I tell parents, like, and if you've ever been to a, an 8 o'clock or a 1030 Divine Liturgy on a Sunday at my parish, like, it's a madhouse. There are so many kids, and they're all singing at the top of their lungs, and they're, they're wandering around, they're dancing around, and it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful madhouse. But I do tell parents, but normally when kids are acting that way, they're at least still aware of what's going on. So in the Byzantine liturgy, there's so much singing that the kids are usually singing along, but they're just not staying in the same place they're moving and they're singing off pitch and they're singing too loud they're singing before everybody else or after everybody else which is beautiful but there's what i tell parents is like it's fine that your kids act like kids but it'd be nice at some point when they're a certain age that they at least are aware that i'm in a different place than usual like right. when i'm in church it, it's it's like usually when a kid go to gra- goes to grandma's house we, we go to grandma's house they had so many things that were breakable mm-hmm. it's like when we're at grandma's house you act differently you know when a kid's in church let him be himself but let him be aware that it's different hang on yes okay I think we could do a whole nother podcast oh, yeah, that's that's on children okay. at mass. Okay. okay. So okay. I won't go. And my sister, my sister has some really good logic on this. So okay. why don't we save it? Okay. okay. So, so, so the, the, the other thing when, when it, so that's one issue. You the other do thing something is different is what you were saying. Right. Exactly. For dress. So you should dress differently for church. And because when we are in mass or divine liturgy, we are in literally in a spiritually, in a different time and space. Like we've, we've separated it, this time out and this space out for more intentional worship and participation in life. Life of Christ, yep. we separate it. So, so everything about us should be different. I love the Ethiopians because the Ethiopian Orthodox they all wear white. All I mean, it's not like they don't. It's not nicer clothes, but it's full white. The men are wearing full white. The women are, women are wearing full white. It's because they are baptized. They, they are purified by the death yeah. and resurrection of Christ. They just participated in the death and resurrection of Christ. So they're wearing all white. So I don't like even that. Like I've my I have in my wardrobe something that I wear to church. So. I, th- I think that's the beginning of this is, is you know, I, I'm, I'm like anybody else. Is it better? Is it better? I, I think this is actually the wrong question. I shouldn't even bring this up. But the, the wrong question is, 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 is it better to come to church in, in sweats and a T-shirt or not to come to church at all? Wrong question. Wrong question. Not even a good question. So yes. I'm, I'll leave it at that. But, but there is something about when you come to church, dress differently and make it so that you yes. actually are preparing more to go to church than you are for any other event in your daily normal life. There should be a dignity. There should be a dignity to yourself um, in going to mass that this is actually a higher reality. Right. It's a higher reality. Okay. Yep. So most guys, did your dad dress up for mass? Am I going to make? You know, um. Gonna... Yes, we all did, but in ne- never a suit and tie, but certainly like slacks, we, tucked in t shirt. We didn't either. In shirt, but like my dad's, shirt. my dad's kind of rubric was: uh, Are your shoes too busy? Okay. Okay. Namely, you can't wear your like Nike swooshes right um, to church right. because that's too busy. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Fine. So men, I'm not telling you you're off the hook. I'm merely saying that most of you aren't even like making an attempt. Broncos, jerseys, T-shirts, hooded sweatshirts. Um, I don't know. Like, have a little respect. Yeah. Not just for Jesus, but for yourself, right. you know? Like, there's there's something nice about putting on your nice clothes. I will pay a tribute to the, to the guys at uh, Cabrini um, and the girls. Um, they get dressed up for Mass. Yeah. And they look very presentable, and it raises the bar. It's not just a youth mass where it's just like, oh, yeah, we come and whatever. It's actually we want to look uh, presentable. 
so so how does like for me it's a time thing like you spend more time getting dressed when you're dressing nice you spend more time like intentionally looking different and because again you should do everything different for church look different act differently i mean everything is like this is something unique yeah right it's something it's something that is unique and it worship should be an intentional thing so so i I guess that's what i'm thinking of when especially now we're talking about men when when men get dressed and i i have another thing about the busy shoes but i'm gonna i want to let you continue because that's a whole other topic but like but there's something about when you say have respect for yourself the busy shoes i think are i want to go into respect for for christ with respect for god when we're there but but when we when you're telling someone to dress nicer out of respect for themselves like what does that mean like if someone asks me like why can't i why can't i just wear jeans and a polo like how is that not respecting myself well i mean if you go into a job interview right and you're in kind of like basic clothes. Yeah. It may be the exact clothes that you end up working in that job for. Right. But you want to make a really good impression. You want to look presentable. You actually want to say, I am somebody. Yeah. You should really look at me. Okay. Um, Granted, there is times in the church where we should come in sackcloth and ashes. Right. And just saying, I am nobody, God, that you should even pay attention to me. Have mercy on me. But we're also acknowledging we have a dignity. We yeah. have a common dignity. So so we it's, it's kind like of an accepted cultural norm that you dress a certain way for something that is more important than other times. Yeah, and sacred. Yeah. And sacred. Right. Set apart. Sacredness right. is set apart. I mean, I see people come to funerals and all sorts of things. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, you don't pay any, uh, any reverence to the deceased. Look at the deceased. They're usually not in their Broncos jersey. They're usually in a suit or a dress. Right. And you're here in something very much other than that. Yeah. Or a wedding. Yeah. You know? So, okay, fine. Set it aside. Guys, I'm not saying that you look immodest. I'm just saying most of you don't rise to the occasion. Right. Okay? So if you're going to get a little little love snap, it's going to be that. Right? Right. You set a standard. You set a standard. Wear your suit. Be a man. Get your shoes shined. Right. Okay? Like, actually look the part. Yeah. All right? Look like this is important to you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. Now, ladies, I'm so sorry. Okay? <laughs> this is the dynamite. Okay? This is the dynamite. And I don't, I do not want this to seem like this is chastising or casting. There are women right now that are digging their fingernails into their steering wheel just waiting okay (laughs) you might want to pull over ladies you might want to pull over okay all right first and foremost right um classy not trashy this is the hermeneutic one thing you cannot control is that your body your body is far more beautiful than a man's body I was just watching Seinfeld clips the other day, and there's a scene where Elaine says it's not really a good look for a man to walk around without his like shirt on and everything. Right. And it's like, why? And it's like, your body's all just utilitarian. Right. It's just made for work. Right. Um, I'm like, yeah, it's made for war and labor right. um, and profuse sweating. Right. Okay. Women's bodies are glorious. Yeah. It is the pinnacle of creation, right? As we've said before, what is last in completion is first in intention. Right. The last thing that God creates before he rests is the woman's body. Yeah. And it is a glorious and wonderful gift to man. Yeah. Okay? Uh, one thing that one of my parishioners pointed out, I asked some of the ladies at the the Breaking Bread Supper after the 530 Mass. I said, I'm thinking about doing this podcast one of the ladies there named Jenny, uh, she called me later and she said, sometimes uh, women especially get made to feel that their bodies are sinful. Just the very body right. is sinful. Yep. And we certainly, we certainly don't want that to come across to yeah. people. There is nothing wrong with a woman's body. There is nothing wrong with a man's body. Um I think that there are ways in which the body can be used or 
how do I say this, uh, on display right. that would necessarily be um, a, a profane use of something sacred. Yeah. Okay? Um, so the, there is nothing sinful about a woman's body. Um, and we're not necessarily saying cover everything up. There's this whole idea right now around burkas, okay? Burkas. Right. We are not asking women to come to mass in a burqa. Christians have actually elevated the dignity of women for centuries. Yeah. Muslims, not necessarily, okay? Uh, different topic, but I would certainly stand behind Christians, even Jews, uh, far more than other, even secular you know, ways of, of, right. of presenting the female form. Yeah. Women are exalted in Our Lady. Women are exalted in their motherhood. Women are exalted in their femininity. Women are uh, praised for their beauty. Yeah. Okay? Um, got no problem with that. Um, the problem that I see, and this is kind of the bear trap that I see for, for women, is that... Uh, if they get dressed up, many times the very outfit that they use, like that they are dressed in, um, is by its design more sensuous than a man's dressed up clothing. Right. Guys are in like a button up shirt and jeans or I mean slacks or something, belt. Normally they're not in something tight unless they're Italian. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, so it doesn't, I mean, it looks, it looks smooth, but not necessarily sensuous. Yeah. Okay. Um, women, I mean, it is curve central, right? Right. If they're in a dress, if they're in skirt, if they're in pants, if they're in a blouse, if they're in, uh, I don't know what else. Okay. It all looks good right. to us, ladies. Right. I am so sorry to say that, but you know you look good. Right. Um, but the question, I think, is, um, is this garment attracting a certain kind of attention that is improper to the setting of the sacred liturgy? Right. Colors can certainly be that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... There are ways in which, you know, if you're trying to attract attention through certain colors, I don't know. I mean, like, um, you know, Dr. America Frank wore some pretty bright colors, mm-hmm. and I think she is a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I wouldn't necessarily say that that color is a modest. Right. But you know what I mean. Like, if you're wearing red at a funeral, yeah. you're, like, trying to say, check this out. Yeah. Um, if you're wearing white at a wedding, um I think if you're wearing certain colors at mass, it can be, um, you know, you're on display. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I think that's actually spot on. I, there's something about there's something about, you know, I like when women dress that to reveal the the feminine shape of their body. I think that's a really good thing in honestly in every circumstance. And I feel the more I thought about this and I was chatting with some of my female friends last night about this, like the more I talk with them, the more I I feel bad for I don't think women it's not black and white to them right. what what is going to be What's going to be, to use your words, classy and trashy, like what's going to be too revealing and what's going to be appropriate for dressing up for church? I don't think that's an easy question to answer, and I don't think we should expect women to just know what what, what is immodest and what is not. Right. So one, one of the things that I thought of, and I shared this with friends last night, is that like— when a woman is going to man and women, when someone goes to a party, they're single, they're trying to attract someone to them. They, they dress to make themselves the center of attention. That's the whole point. When you go to a club, you go to a party or to attract attention, not center of attention, but to attract. Well, attention. I mean, I mean, you, you, right, right. But, but you, you want, you want people to, to look at you at a party. I mean, that's the whole point. You, and especially if you're looking, notice you, you try, 
to notice you. Right, yeah. right, right. If you're, 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 you want to be, you want people to notice you, to, to, to be attentive to who you are and to be attracted to you. That's what you want. When you're in church, when you're at a funeral, when you're at a wedding, when, when you're at somebody else's, you know, event where where they are supposed to be the center of attention or in church if god is supposed to be the center of attention mm. that's why that's why you don't wear white to a wedding right i mean right. women don't wear white because right. the, the the bride's wearing white because she is the center of attention and if anybody else is wearing white it looks like they're trying to draw the attention away from her and sometimes they do so th- there's something about i think that's the problem with with if you go if women go shopping for dresses like every dress is made to sell, and it sells because it draws attention to you. But in church, the attention is not supposed to go to you. It's supposed to go to our Lord and to the worship. So when you are preparing, when you're getting dressed for church, men and women, are you saying, am I dressing so that when people look at me, they go, they came here to look different, to, to have this as a separate important event in their life. So if, if I look at another man or a woman and I say, they come to church dressed nice, I'm saying they came to, to in order to show themselves and others that they're here for something important. Mm-hmm. But but it's not to draw the attention to them because that would be a distraction to the entire point of what liturgy is. Liturgy sure. is to draw attention to Christ and the rest of the community, but not to single people out. Right. I think part of the problem is there are certain... Uh, there are certain garments, and this goes back to really the bikini podcast. So there are going to be some women that are going to have horrible, um, you know, opinions against moi um, about what we said about bikinis. But I think that's a, a good argument in terms of form and function. Right. Okay. It, this is a functional garment. Okay. Yoga pants. Right. Functional. Right. Not for mass. Right. There is no need for yoga pants at mass. Okay. Um, in terms of a revealing clothing, um, it's not needed right. because the, the attention should actually be on something other than you. Right. I mean, so, but then the problem that is that I see is that what is a woman supposed to wear? Right. Okay. Because I am not saying you have to dig out the, uh, you know, denim smock. Okay. <laughs> And like, you know, wipe off all the makeup and and whatever else. They want to elevate. They're going to elevate their game. It takes a long time for a woman to get ready. Right. Um, I don't understand what they do. I don't necessarily notice what they do all the time. But I notice when some of my friends or my family members or my mom, like she, you know, got ready for something else. And it's like, wow, mom, you look really nice, you know? Um, but then the question is, uh, what exactly are we advising them to wear? Because we're kind of saying, well, you can't wear that and you can't wear that and you can't wear that. But if they, if she wears like a pantsuit and she's got a nice form, she's going to look good. Right. So the problem doesn't reside in her. The problem resides in the other, which is a problem because, uh, then you kind of say, well, it's, this is what this lady said. It's your problem. You should be wearing something else. And it's like, actually, I think this girl in particular was pretty muted in terms of what she could have done. Yeah. She'd so, look good in anything. In other words, she'd be distracting in anything in a way. She could be. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think there are a lot of women like that. Right. I think when women do their hair, oh my goodness, it's amazing. Yeah. Like when a woman has like the updo, it's just like I don't know how long it took you to do that, but you just look so beautiful. Well, that's probably why there's a tradition in the church is to cover your head in church for women to cover their hair because it is that's one of the most attractive parts of a female. It's her glory. Yeah, I mean uh, Saint Paul says it's her glory. Yeah. So okay, are you saying you you can't do your hair? Absolutely not. Right. Like I think I think that's fine. I think that's fine. Right. Um, it's when there are other parts of our of their uh, form that is on display. Right, ladies, I think you know what I'm talking about. Okay, I just did a service the other day where a woman had a dress with a a slit in it all the way up her leg, yeah. um, so that it was like almost the entire leg was showing, and she brought up the gifts. 
And I was like, (laughs) I don't think that's the best idea for the the sacred liturgy right. but thank you thank you for bringing up the wine and thank you for like making a making a show right so so there's something like why why aren't yoga pants appropriate for church because it it reveals too much of her female form yes okay i mean like there is the form the the form of the of the female body especially the lower half is completely visible to the eye of the beholder right okay and um the function of the garment is for the sake of doing yoga right or of you know like if you want to go to ace hardware in it i don't know like you live your own life right i think there's a modesty in the world and there's a modesty in uh, in church, right. we are just talking about modesty in church. Right? Do I think the yoga pants are totally, you know, necessary for Ace Hardware? That's a different topic. But um, that'll be but, my topic. In a, but there's in a few no, months. there's no function. It's just about your comfort, right? Okay. But then what ends up happening is uh, you're unnecessarily and perhaps unknowingly putting on more of a show or displaying more than you intended. Can we can we say it's as basic as like I said earlier, are are you dressing to draw attention to yourself or are you dressing to draw attention to the fact that you are there for something important? And I I, I, I think that's a, in my mind that's a good distinction because it's saying I think when when men and women get dressed, they say if, I mean if I'm wearing really flashy shoes like your dad said if i'm wearing really flashy shoes like there there's something you know there's something distract it looks like i'm trying to draw look i have flashy shoes on like or i have i have fancy shoes on like and there's a difference i think we can ask ourselves men and women can ask ourselves that question am i trying to draw attention to myself for the sake of myself or am i trying to show people that i'm here for something important so they walk up to me and say what important thing are you here for like i think it's again it's not black and white what we can wear what we can't wear but it is to say what is the purpose of of what i'm dressing for right i think it's i think it's hard because there are so many parts of the woman's body that may be uh more or less attractive right and more or less on display right you know are you going to limit it just to I'm sorry, like legs or right. buttocks See, I, or I, neck yeah. or head, yeah. you know, like, I mean, her face yeah. or her hair yeah. or butt up, you know, like at some point it's just like, uh, you, you can't just give them a burlap sack. Right. Right. So then if somebody looks presentable and, and not just presentable, like, um, yeah, I mean, beautiful yeah um but in a in a in a chaste classy way then the problem is now in the the beholder right and it was funny because actually the the gospel passage from this from this weekend was if you even look at a woman right with lust in your heart it wasn't well, but if she's dressed like that, you know, right. she's really asking for right. it. You know, you, you you had to look, right. okay? If you even look at a woman or a man, right. ladies, uh, with lust in your heart, um, then you've already committed adultery right. with her. So Jesus himself isn't necessarily saying that, uh, you know, the problem is these kind of persons. Right. Problem's normally in me. What I don't want to do is uh, become a near occasion of sin. Right. Right. Um, I was talking with, um, uh, I can't say his name. Uh, I was talking to another priest, um, and uh, he was saying that he had to make an announcement in his parish because uh, he had to say, ladies, um, I know that you have a deep reverence for the Lord, but when you come up and make a profound bow um, before the blessed sacrament, before you receive, just know that the pre- you may be unintentionally showing more of yourself than you believe that you are. Right. You know, um, 
and I would totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. So and, and I, I think I think that is an issue of the difference between men and women. I mean, I, I think I, I I feel bad for for what women have to go through in this way because I do not think that women look at men and the, the various parts of them and, and and are so affected by it in, in a in a beautiful way that is so easy to twist than men are. I mean, m- men look at, at 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 a woman and it's just it is different. I I really believe that there is something about about the the way we are created in our biology and our makeup that that we we look at a different. See, a woman since she cannot put on a man's brain, it's really hard to say is this too revealing? Or a woman could say, why when a man looks at my breasts? Why is that a bad thing? Like this, it, it is, it's something beautiful. It's something functional. Why is that, why is that at all bad? And I agree that is in the man, but there is also something that, that it is, if, if a woman bows down before receiving the Eucharist in, in, you know, when she comes up for the Roman rite and I'm going to give her the Eucharist, like th- that does, it is distracting and it's, 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 and it's not, it's hard it's hard to look at it it's hard to look at it as functional because that's not even how it's supposed to be <laughs> oh, it's it's i know i know um <laughs> he's laughing so hard he's laughing quietly right now um but this but there so hard. it is so hard and it's i mean I, that's why i talked to all these women but we should probably just have a women on but um but I, I i truly believe that there is something different and so it comes down to what do you remember that time probably seven years ago peter kreeft came to denver he went to du to cu in boulder he talked to one of the professors there about abortion he was arguing pro-life the professor was arguing pro-choice and what it came down to at the end of an hour-long discussion was the pro-choice is all about rights in other words does a woman have the right to if she is if she is raped does she have the right because it was but no not even a thought process of hers to remove something that 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 is is draining off of her body right. like a child does she have the right to and it's hard to say no but Christians are not about rights. We're about responsibilities. And that's what Peter Kreef said. You can either be about rights or responsibilities. We, if we are responsible for each other, then it, then yes. you don't do that. Right. So it's the same thing with men and women. And this is what these women were saying last night. In other words, women need good men in their life that they're going to say, I don't want to just say, look, I can dress however I want, and it's your fault if you look at me lustfully. Does a woman have the right to do that? Absolutely. If it's all about rights, she has every right to do whatever she wants, and if there's any negative consequences, it's all on the other person. That is a human basic right. The same thing for men. And I believe what men do is they'll go along, and if a man is a woman hater, he can lead every woman on emotionally. I mean, he he can get all these women to fall for him and then just leave them hanging. Just say, you know what? I knew what I was doing. I maliciously made you fall in love with me. Now I'm going to move on with my life, and, and you're going to have your heart shattered and i don't care i didn't so so there's men and women can do this to each other but of course it's and a man can say look it's my right to get everything out of you that i want it is my right to sleep with you a bunch of times and just say you know what i'm done is that his right of course it is he has every right to do that but if he's responsible if he has a mindset of responsibility for her he will not do that if a woman has the mindset of responsibility for him she will not do that it goes both ways we can either lead each other on and not care about the other or if we actually consider ourselves responsible for each other then we can act in a way knowing that we're different knowing we perceive each other different know that we act different we respond differently and we can say i want to learn about you to say that so so men need good women in their life that are going to say, look, you're being, to use that, that word, emotionally unchaste, or you're leading women on by, by the way that you act around them. You are. You're leading them on, and men need good women in their life to say, you need to stop doing that because this is the way a woman's mind works. And when you act this way, a woman's mind is triggered in certain ways that, that, that they're looking for a deeper relationship, and if you're not ready for a deeper relationship, then stop doing it. And, and, a, and a woman needs good men in her life to say, the opposite. Look, look you, you know, the, the way you're presenting yourself physically, a man's mind is working certain ways. So out of love and out of responsibility, I'm sharing this with you, and then they can accept each other after that discussion. But I also think men understand men, women understand women. Women, in some sense, have to understand the men, and men have to understand the women. Right. Okay? So two things. One, guys need to call guys to 
like elevate their game and become respectable, chaste um, friends and brothers to women. Right. Okay. They also need to, you know, dress up. You know, if they dress up well, uh, the women will follow suit. Okay. But uh, women understand other women and they can kind of say, you know, that's that's probably not a good idea. You know, there's strength. That's as what I told this, this, this woman. There are strength in numbers. Okay. You need to go to mass with another woman that you know who dresses well and have the two of you together. Are you going to attract attention? Yeah. But what you're also going to do is say, we look good. Right. And we're not trying to, you know, lead men astray or whatever else. We're actually saying, uh, we came here to worship God. Yeah. Okay. But little cross pollination. A father is the one who sees his daughter walking out and say, you're not wearing that. Right. Okay. Right. Because he knows this is what guys are going to think. Yeah. yeah. Right. And for women, for women to look at men and just be like, okay, I may not totally understand what they're, whatever, just pretty much assume that like, if there's any, uh, excessive skin, it's going to be an object of delight. Um, and that's not necessarily what you want to do. So, um, I would just say, you know, missionaries of charity, you go to the missionaries of charity or you go to, um, um, like Rome or Italy, like they make you cover your shoulders. They make you, you know, wear a longer skirt. Um, you know, like it's, it's important for you to, uh, to appear in such a way that you're not trying, as you said, trying to attack, attract attention. I, I agree, but I, I think it's it, you need the opposite sex to help you inform because I don't think men understand, like using that emotional chastity idea. Men do not understand, and their other men do not understand. Like I'm just being really open, vulnerable with a woman. I'm just, I'm sharing everything. A yeah. man doesn't understand how that affects most women. Different topic. Uh, right. And, but women don't understand how much yes. the, the, the way they present themselves physically. So they need good men in their life and men need good women in their life to, to speak into that area to say, you don't know, no men, other, no other men know, and you will never know how our mind works differently from yours. And True. we need your reactions to inform us. We like, I need, I am totally open to women saying, look, you're being too vulnerable with other women. And when you're that vulnerable, they immediately become attracted to you and want an exclusive relationship with you. Mm-hmm. I am totally open to women in saying that. And I will say, I, I, I don't get it, but I will change my behavior because I believe you that I'm leading women on. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would hope that women would do the same thing. That's a good point. I like it. Yeah. We're right at time. Okay. I, if you have thoughts... Ladies or gentlemen, uh, please send them in. I would happily review it. I have not made any edict or decree at uh, St. Joan of Arc, um, but um, but I think I think it's an important topic. Yeah, and I think it's one that we can all kind of reflect on together. Yeah, um, and it's trial and error. Yeah, it's trial and error. You may wear something that it's like I don't have any problem with this, and somebody might say mm, you might want to watch it. And I do think this is something that I, I have enough thoughts that I could revisit it again. So it, it, your feedback we will use for another podcast if we get enough of it and if we decide to. So thank you for that. Here we go. All right. Shout to out. the shout out. Go ahead. Uh, Joel Barstad. Yeah. Dr. Joel Barstad. Seminary, or seminarian. Subdeacon. Dr. Joel Subdeacon. Uh, wants a shout out for Christopher and Lauren Kerfoot of Dirty Vagabond Ministries. Uh, I'm pretty sure he met them at uh, the CL School of Community, nice. Community Liberation. So they are getting married in January. So God bless you. Uh, may you have many, many years. Next January or like last month? Well, he said January 7th, but he sent us that request like a while ago. Oh, okay. So they're probably already married. Hope it's going well. All right. Um, quick shout out to the women that I spoke to about this. Uh, Liz Slayton, Sarah Stacy, Anthony Golich, and Marilyn Pinnock. Um, you talked to Marilyn? Yeah. Oh, thank God. I was going to call her today, and I didn't have time. She kind of got it. She's the one that kind of put it in my mind, actually. Love so it. So she talked to me before you did about the topic, so she had some really good thoughts. Anyway, um, so thank you, all of you, for sharing this with me. I also talked to some other women, but I'm not going to name them because there's too many of them, but those are the four main ones that I talked to. Oh, yeah. I talked to Mary uh, Borda. 
um, from the Archdiocese of Denver. Nice. And uh, and uh, so yeah, she was very helpful. So uh, another quick shout out the uh, the Sisters of Life are going on are leading along with Focus a mich- a, a pilgrimage to Spain, Portugal, and France. I believe May fifteenth through twenty fourth for the hundredth anniversary of um, Fatima. Fatima. And you can find focusmissions.org or if you have any questions, Denver at sistersoflife.org. And that reminds me, um, Leah Darrow and I are doing a pilgrimage to Fatima, Spain, and Portugal in September. And if you want to go on the Fatima pilgrimage with us, Leah Darrow and I. Um, go to selectinternationaltours.com. We'll have more information about that, and I'll be certainly be putting it on the Facebook page and Twitter, etc. But um, that's a bit off. So if you want to go with the Sisters of Life and Focus, May 15th to 24th, focusmissions.org. If you want to go to Leah, with Leah Darrow and I, uh, selectinternationaltours.com and look up her name for that pilgrimage. Nice. Plus, uh, we have to make the an- announcement. Yes. Uh, we are... Uh, Father Michael and I will be in attendance at the L.A. Congress, which is February 24th and 25th. 25th. Uh, We both have to be back for our Sunday commitment, so we'll only be there on Friday and Saturday. So anyone who is in the greater L.A. area or planning on attending the L.A. Congress, we will be at the... um, At the Byzantine Catholic booth, the Eparchy of Phoenix. So ask about that Byzantine Catholic Park of Phoenix, the Byzantine Catholic booth, and we're going to have like three tables. So we're, we're going to take over. Catholic stuff's going to take over a whole table. I'm going to try to have some swag for people. Yes. I have friends that make T-shirts and things like that. So we'll hopefully have a few there. And you can, of course, meet us. And we'll be doing some live podcasts on both Friday afternoon or evening and Saturday morning or noon. Um, but I'll get more information about that on the probably on our Facebook page. And then um, you can, of course, just come to the booth and see what we're, when we're doing that. So check it out. Awesome. Hey. Great topic, a lot of lot of conversation, some awkward pauses. Um, <laughs> on our next podcast, we will share our least favorite Valentine moments. There we go. I Catholic like Stuff it. Podcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook. Give a good review on iTunes. We're on Twitter as well. Yeah. Love you. Hopefully see you in person soon if you're in LA. If not, just keep listening. Stay classy. God bless. Bye. Laters. Thank you.